Hello, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word read and the, your word that is about to be preached. We thank you for this privilege that we are gathered here to listen. May you, your word now, Lord, speak into our lives that we may become more and more like you. Speak into our situations that we will be encouraged, faith strengthened, resolve multiplied many times more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My dear friends, I'd like to share with you today from John chapter 3 verses 1 to 17. It is about God's love story. And if we look at the Gospel of John, you realize that it starts with John chapter 1 verse 1 where he says, In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And it reflects Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And, and it says that the earth was formless and void, empty, not able to do anything about itself. But this Spirit of God was hovering above the void, the waters, the deep. And God spoke and there came life. That God gave life to something that is formless and void. And John takes that theme and puts it in his epistle. And he says, this, this word, this Jesus is God. And now, John chapter 1 verse 14, he says, he lives amongst us. And then you find in this gospel, John the Baptist affirms Jesus as the Lamb of God. Who is this man? Who is Jesus? He's the Lamb of God. And then the sign, his first sign, the miracle in chapter 2, John talks about Jesus turning water into wine. And then we come to this passage in John chapter 3, Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus. And after this, chapter 4, Jesus' encounter with the good, uh, the, the, uh, the women at the Samaritan, uh, the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus encountered with the Samaritan woman at the well. And we are told at the end of the gospel why John wrote this gospel. John chapter 20 verse 30. And he says, he wrote this gospel that we may believe. And by believing in Christ, we will have life eternal now. Life eternal now. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Eh? Wonderful, wonderful thing. And the most exciting thing about this gospel is it was written somewhere between year 85 to 90. Eh? And that means it's a good uh, 60 years after Christ ascended. That also means it is a good 20 years 
after the Jerusalem temple was totally destroyed and razed to the ground by the Roman occupying forces. Now this is very very significant because until that time the Jewish Christians were able to go to the synagogues, the temple, the Jerusalem temple to preach, to share, to be part of it and to some extent they were tolerated by the Orthodox Jews, Jewish faith people. They were tolerated. You are just uh, wrong teaching a sect but never mind. It's okay, we tolerate you. We tolerate you. But when the temple was raised to the ground, then they began to say God, God's judgment on us because we have allowed such blasphemy and you guys are blasphemous people. You call Jesus a man, son of Mary, son of Mary. You called him God and God was angry and this is his judgment. So we don't want to have anything to do with you. So the Jewish Christians became people of persona non grata, not welcome in their own community, synagogues, places of worship. They were also people who were looked at very suspiciously by the Roman Empire because they say Jesus is God, not Caesar. And so it was a very unprofitable, unfashionable time to be a Christian. And into this situation, this gospel is very exciting, especially that narrative between Nicodemus and what is happening in uh, the uh, Samaritan woman at the well. You see, Nicodemus is uh, uh, John chapter 3 verse 1 and 2 and he says, uh, Nicodemus is a Pharisee, ruler of the Jews, he's a rabbi. So he is someone like the Jewish faith uh, uh, Jews at that time. Right? And so they look at others as Gentiles. But note in Nicodemus' uh, uh, experience, we find at the end of it, you don't get to see whether Nicodemus actually believed and turned and followed Jesus or not. You don't see that conclusively. But you see faith developing in him uh, he's asking the right questions, engaging with Jesus and yet have not come to the conclusion yet. And if you were the first century Christian and reading John's gospel from 85 to 1980, you can understand as a faithful Jew, but interested in Christ and, and challenged by your Orthodox uh, uh, Jewish uh, brothers and sisters that you are a blasphemer. You can understand and identify with Nicodemus actually. But note that in the context of uh, uh, the Samaritan woman, the same questions of belief in Christ, of the kingdom of God, about salvation, eternal life, you find that not only the Samaritan woman at the well believed, but most of her villagers also believed. And they are Gentiles, but they have become people of God. And here Nicodemus, who is supposed to be having a passport as a people of God to heaven, 
now undecided at best. And if you are a Jew, a Jewish Christian at 90 AD and you're reading this gospel, you'll feel very encouraged. My dear brother and sister, do you feel discouraged because of what you believe or how you practice your faith? People look down on you and say, are you a bona fide Christian? Are you born again? Are you filled with the spirit? They will tell all kinds of questions. But like the Samaritan woman, you will have the assurance of faith if you believe in Christ, I'm telling you. And so that's the exciting thing. So let's dive into the passage. Let's dive into the text. John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Now there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus starts off and he, he, he starts off in a very nice way. He's a scholar, a biblical scholar, a rabbi. He acknowledged Jesus as another biblical scholar, a rabbi, and he's using biblical language. You know, we don't appreciate this Eastern, Middle Eastern way of talking and using words, you know, and needle each other and invite each other for debate, test and see whether you can follow the conversation or not, you know, whether you're up to that level or not. We don't understand this, but that's what's going on here. And because we don't understand this, sometimes we are very harsh about Nicodemus. You know, we say, why a Nicodemus, like he doesn't get it, you know, like very dense, worse than our Sunday school children level of theology. Actually, nothing like that. <laughs> Far from truth. Nicodemus was so good and, 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 and I, I hope as we go through this, you'll be excited about that. Let, let, let's, let's dig into the scripture again. Let's go back again. So what did Jesus say? And, uh, sorry, let's go back to what Nicodemus said. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Unless God is with him. So he said, you are more than a rabbi. There's something more than you. I want to know. Actually, he wanted to, Jesus, can you please tell me who are you are? <laughs> you know, can you just tell who are you? But that's not how the theologian talk, is it? <laughs> so he's, he says, we know you're from God. Jesus already know what he's asking. So he uses the concept that Nicodemus has said, you come from God. Huh? That means from God means I'm coming from God, right? Okay. I can't do these things if God is not with me, right? So, who am I? But he doesn't say that. He's saying, what about you? Where are you? I am coming from God, but where are you? <laughs> he turns it around. And you find here, Jesus answered him. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Jesus brings the concept of being born again. Not natural birth. Born once, die once. Oh, die twice, lah. human death and eternal death. Huh? Okay, but born once. But here, unless you are born again. He uses that image. That image of birth, of being born. Huh? 
that uh, the womb is the gift of God who brings life, the womb with water, the womb with blood, the womb with the gift of God. Unless you are born again, born again, Nicodemus catches it. And so he asks this in a much more uh, uh, playful manner, you know. You can see the glint in each other's eye. And so Nicodemus continues to ask. In verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, on the surface, it looks quite a ridiculous question. You know? <laughs> but it really is not. He's following up on the theological theme and the play of words. Okay, And then Jesus builds on it again. This, 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 this theological word of uh, water, of uh, born again, of the womb. And remember what I told you just now. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. In the, and then verse 2, the earth was without form and void and the waters covered and the spirit of God hovered on it. And God spoke and it happened. In a hopeless situation, spirit was there. New life came out of that hopeless situation. And so now, now you can see the, the thoughts coming through. And the next thing Jesus says is this. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born, earlier he did say, truly, truly say to you, unless one is born again, but here in verse 5, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Water and spirit. And now the link is becoming closer and closer between Genesis 1, 1 to 3 and uh, John chapter 1, verse 1 and right up to following up to verses 14. The link is closing up now. And so John is saying this thing and he's saying, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Do not marvel. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Now Nicodemus comes back. He's finding it very difficult. He's really finding it very difficult. He cannot find what Jesus is saying. He cannot make the connection yet. Jesus, Nicodemus said to him, How can this be? How can this be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Actually, if you read it wrongly, you know, it's like Jesus mocking Nicodemus. You teacher also, you don't know. It's not that. It's because this teacher of Israel, Nicodemus, is now coming like a student. How can this be? Jesus is saying, who is the teacher now? <laughs> he's saying, he's acknowledging, you know. He's acknowledging this teacher of the law now has received Jesus as his teacher. So Jesus is saying, 
Are you the teacher of the law now asking this question to me? I know. I, I would love to see the glint in their eyes. Truly, truly, I say to you, said Jesus in verse 11, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Hallelujah! What a blessed invitation eh, to taste the love of God, the grace of the Son Jesus Christ, the power and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That when we come into faith, that we have eternal life. I know that I know that I know I believe that Christ is my God. And then we have this great blessing and having eternal life right now. And that gives us strength because it gives us perspective to the tragedy of the LRT uh, accidents. It gives us perspective. Yes, people were negligent. Yes, people lacked empathy. And yet, God is with us. That God loves us. And that God will judge others at that time. But He is still giving us the opportunity to have eternal life now. And you can apply that to COVID-19, to your own frustrations with not being able to register to get the vaccine or with your own struggles, whether you should be vaccinated or not. And may this eternal life grant you strength to live life now. Because eternal life also means to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And therefore, we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We love ourselves. We want to have full eternal life. We will get vaccinated. <laughs> we love ourselves. We love God. We have the eternal life through Jesus Christ. We are not too perturbed by all these other things. I am not saying vaccine is eternal life. Please don't get the wrong message. But my dear friends, as we come, may these words bless you. May you be blessed eh? as I have been blessed. So I ask myself these questions, this conversation, this dialogue with God. You know, I ask, Lord, how much have I not turned to you yet? Lord, 
what area have I not repented of my sins? Please show me. Lord, help me to hate that which you do not like. That I may be shaped by the life of the Holy Trinity in my life. That eternal life starts now. May this eternal life continue to be your experience. If you have questions about these, you can contact the cathedral. And if you'd like to chat with me, also contact the cathedral or the bishop's office and we will get back to you. God bless you. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your gift of eternal life. Thank you, God, for your invitation for us to be born again. And we thank you that you did not come to condemn, but you came to save. Help us so to receive the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.